Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, sweet one. I hope your day was great. And now it's time to fall asleep with a good story. Fun. A being a fat man. How to get that? It is easy for anyone to perceive the requirements of the community may make certain demands on the individual. No one will dispute that the law has a right to step in when a music-loving soul persists in playing jazz records at three in the morning. It seems perfectly reasonable that boys who go swimming in the fountain in the public square should be made to don bathing suits. No one complains of the laws regulating the speed of automobiles. In a strongly religious community where everybody goes to church on Sunday morning, it is even conceivable that the neighbors might reasonably object to the conduct of a godless neighbor who built chicken coops on Sunday morning. But surely no one can dispute in these free and independent United States that a man's weight is strictly his own business. Yet, all of my obese life, like all other men, I have been constantly confronted and affronted. And were I not shamelessly fat, I might even say annoyed by the sight of stacks of books, scores of pamphlets, and reams of newspapers and magazine articles and advertisements offering unsolicited advice on how to get thin. Never, never have I ever recalled having seen anything printed or published on how to get fat. No one can, however, dispute that among the millions of Americans there are thousands and thousands whose appearances would be greatly improved, whose health would be bettered, and whose dispositions would be softened by the addition of a few pounds. From my point of view, in fact, from the comfortable sightel of 250 pounds, and backing my opinion with a pleasant half-century's experience of being a fat man, the world would be a much happier place to live in. Every one of its adult inhabitants weighed at least 25 or 50 more pounds. Stop and think a minute. Get out your pencil and your paper and make a list of the people who do annoying things, the persons who make your life uncomfortable, and then answer these questions honestly. Was the landlord who raised your rent thin or fat? Skylock, who foreclosed the mortgage and turned the widow and orphans out to starve, can you picture him as anything but a thin-lipped, thin-blooded, 
thin-bodied creature. What is the average weight of the vamps who lure husbands from their happy homes? Did you honestly ever know of a married man eloping with a fat girl? Which cook was it that complained the loudest when you got home late to dinner? The fat one or the thin one? When you had been speeding in your flipper, which you would have rather been stopped by a fat cop or a thin one? If in the middle of the vacation season you were trying to get a Pullman accommodation and there were none to be had, from which railroad cloak will you obtain the most satisfaction? A fat, smiling Bob or a slim Jim? There isn't any doubt about it whatsoever. Every person with the truth in their soul will readily admit that the vast majority of human pests are underweight. Look at the next life insurance agent who comes into your office to bother you. That brings happiness and contentment to the person who has it. And being happy himself, he spreads the contagion to others. In fact, if the whole world a few years ago could only have gotten fattened up a bit, there would be no need now for disarmament meetings and conferences. There just naturally would not have been any world war, for it's about the hardest job that there is to get a fat man into a fight. Therefore, in making an attempt to formulate rules for getting fat, the feeling is to me that I am doing a signal service to my fellow man. I realize that it is a difficult task, much more difficult than advising people on how to get thin. For anyone can get thin, you just quit eating, and you can always reduce. Exercise violently, and you will always lose weight. Getting fat is a vastly different matter. To get fat, you have to learn how to get the most out of life. Yet, it can be done. Anyone who will faithfully follow the five simple rules laid down here will soon find that he is adding to his weight. First, cultivate a fat disposition. Make up your mind that nothing can happen is worth you worrying about. Worry accomplishes nothing. If you can help a thing, why worry about it? If you can't help it, why worry about it? And at any rate, 50 years from now, it will make absolutely no difference. The things that you worry about will never happen. Don't wear yourself out trying to accommodate things. Alexander set out to conquer the world. And where is he now? Nothing but a bad memory. Number two, disregard other people's opinions and actions. When people find themselves troubled, it nearly always comes from their relations with another, from mean or unjust things that they have said and done. Yet, in a fat man's philosophy, these things are of little account. People do things, mean things, or kind things, because it is their nature to do them. A thousand causes combine to make them what they are. Try to find out what it is that makes him act that way and try to forecast the next mean thing he will do. And always remember that what he does will hurt him far more than it hurts you. Third, 
Let your mind govern you. Always remember this. It is not what happens that counts. It is what you think about what happens. You may get up in the morning you had a picnic planned and find it raining and sleeting. What a terrible day is your thought. The morning mail brings you unexpected notice that a rich uncle has died suddenly, leaving you $100,000. It is still raining and sleeting, but it has become a wonderful day for you. It's all in your mind. Whether life is pleasant or unpleasant, all depends on your mental attitude toward it. Fourth, beware of exercise propaganda. Back in the days when the human race lived in caves and trees, when it had gone to fight saber-toothed tigers and giant sloths every day to keep alive, there was undoubtedly a great necessity for exercise, and everybody got plenty of it. But for thousands and thousands of years, as civilization has progressed, our habits of life has changed. The successful man of today isn't the man who is strong enough to kill wild animals. He is a man who has cultivated his mind in some special direction by intensive efforts. Remember this. Practically every form of exercise has been commercialized. There are people who make money out of every kind of exercise, and they are active propagandists for exercise. Get enough sunlight and fresh air and you need not worry about exercise. Fifth, quit worrying about your diet. For a great many years, certain thousands, more than likely several millions of years, our ancestors have been experimenting with food values and food combinations. The meals we eat today are the summing up of what we have learned. They are excellent dietetic reasons the reasons of human experience. Nature's guide as to what you should eat is your appetite. If you wish to get fat, eat what your appetite demands and let the diet specialist alone. And now, the final chapter. It's called Admitting the Drawbacks. In the interest of fairness, however, it must be confessed that there are some little inconveniences about being fat. It might be easier to tie one's shoes in the morning without a pouch. Occasionally, a fat man, visiting friends over weekend, will find himself witched into a bathtub that some slim person designed. On humid summer days, even a fat man may be goaded into a sharp retort when the 49th person gloating says, This is the kind of day that gets you fellows. It might be a bit annoying when in a shop window, I discover a fancy waistcoat that appeals to me, and entering, I discover that they do not carry it in a large size. I see a new and soft color. My friends proudly exhibit wonderful bargains in winter overcoats, but I know by experience that it is no use for me to try to get one. Always the limit of bargains is size 44, and I know I need a 52. I decide that I would look well in a high-winged collar with evening clothes, and the clerk takes a quick look at my triple chin and brings out the lowest collar in stock. And all fat men have a secret obsession, a heartfelt desire, 
call it what you will. It is nothing more nor less than to see themselves dressed in a large checked light gray suit. Time and again I have tried to buy one, but thus far unsuccessfully. Neither my wife nor my tailor will permit it. When in a moment of unusual daring, I selected some samples of the sort of goods I had my heart set upon and took them home. My wife threw up her hands and shrieked with laughter. You know you can't wear checks like that, she insisted. A suit of that material will make you look like a disarmed battleship. Firmly resolved to have my own way about it for once in my life, against her protest, I visited the tailor shop the next morning, and I said, I want a suit. Tactfully, but firmly, the tailor interrupted. Here's just the very thing for you, a piece of blue serge that came in this morning, neat but not showy, just right for a middle-aged man of your figure. My figure, I surrendered, yet I still have hope. But, protest of fat spinster, of my acquaintance, it is all right for men to be fat, but how about us? You men have put the fat in fatality for us. Men simply will not marry a fat girl. It isn't the men's fault. It is one more result to being laid at the door of the reducing propaganda. That and fashion are responsible for the fat girl's plight. Present-day fashions here in America have decreed in favor of the slim figure. But there is always hope. Fashion is constantly changing. There are certain sections of Africa where the fattest girls are looked upon as the most desirable brides. Taking it all in, the annoyances that fat people suffer from being fat are trifling. Most people who have been the most famous leaders of the nation, Caesar, Napoleon, Bismarck, all of them fat men, who are the most celebrated men of letters, Shakespeare, Addison, all fat men, who are among the most celebrated in the world of music today. Well, as you can guess, they're all fat men. And even when it comes to the Supreme Court and American politics, it is the fat man. The same thing is true with bankers and with those in the railroad. Any what of importance has been a fat man. Have you ever heard of a thin men's club? Who would want to belong to it if there was one? Fat men's clubs get together and have wonderful times. But if a lot of thin men should meet... When they weren't querulous, they would be sure to be fighting, or perhaps they might even bore each other, telling others how good they are at golf. But if any fat men's club anywhere should read this little book and elect me to membership, I would at once proudly accept. I know at once it would be a mighty nice club. And that is the end of the story. I do like this book. I feel like the man was ahead of his time. William Johnston understood that it is not your weight that matters. It is who you are. And if you happen to be a somebody of a larger figure, there are so many pluses to being that. 
He talks about other people who are more patient, people who are more caring, who take their time to enjoy life. I like to think that everyone of all sizes are like that. And now it is time for you to get some rest. Next week, I'll have a new book to read for you. Good night. Sleep well.